0: Let's talk with Trent R. Nelson. And we are here this morning with who I suspect will become a great and valuable friend of ours moving forward. She is the Vice Chancellor for Enrollment and Retention Management over at the University of Illinois Springfield, right down the street where many listeners live. Dr. Vicki Cook, such a pleasure to have you on today.
1: Good morning, Trent. Thank you for inviting me.
0: I'll be honest, I love a good chat. And anyone who can who can provide me with a good chat, I can't wait to have you on, doctor. And again, I've been waiting for this because UIS is in the nine months I've been in town. I've gone to many concerts there. I've right. walked around the campus. It's beautiful, and it's full of wonderful architecture and people, and, and it just struck me. We have to get more people to know about what a valuable resource they have right down the street from their house.
1: Absolutely. We love being a part of the Springfield community and being in Central Illinois. It's such a fabulous location, and our campus is beautiful. We often have baby deer outside our windows, and we have a lot of geese, but we also have just a wonderful expanse of Central Illinois geography. It is just such a pretty campus, and I'm glad you've been been—you've had the opportunity to come out and experience that.
0: Absolutely. Old uh, old Sangamon State College, was it?
1: Well, there are still some Sangamon State buildings, but we have added so many. So when, when we have alums who were graduates of Sangamon State and they come back out and haven't been out for a while and they're like, oh my gosh, I can't even believe that this is the same campus. So it is such an exciting, vibrant, growing community on campus. And sometimes I think we're the best kept secret in Springfield.
0: With so many wonderfully kept secrets, that is saying something, but I'm not here to disagree with you at all, doctor, (laughs) I assure you. Let's talk about, we'll just jump off that point before we get into some of the other valuable commodities and practices that the college offers. How is it to have that wonderful mixture of the past, Mm -hmm. right, of alums coming back and sharing that history that they experienced, and then, of course, each new year, each new semester...
1: Yes. And, you know, that's the wonderful thing about a university, because you have the the history, you have that rich depth with alumni, and then you have the future. And it is so incredible to see fresh faces coming in. We have move-in day next week. And so it's very exciting to see new students coming on campus and being excited for their next uh, opportunity, right? They're out of high school. They are ready to move on but we also have a number of students who are adults who are returning to campus because they want an opportunity to move up in their career, or maybe they've just always wanted to get a degree in a particular area that up until now has not been possible for them, and now they can really see it as a reality. So we have a lot of graduate students, and I think that's always fun. You have people who are early, mid-career, who are looking to advance their own knowledge, or maybe they're looking for, you know, being on the... The job marketing, getting a new opportunity there. And so sometimes it's really fun to see that. We also have some micro credential areas. Like one of our one of our programs that I'm particularly proud of is our child advocacy study area. And it trains so many people who have positions throughout the state, throughout the country in child advocacy, including police officers, firefighters, social workers, Department of Children and Families. Services So that program is just an amazing, really kind of a little gem of a program where individuals who are already working in the field and doing wonderful things can come in and learn new skill sets and really understand how to appropriately help children in whatever their field of of study or their profession is.
0: That is absolutely brilliant. And thank you for, for shining that gem a little brighter for our listeners. I, I love the spirit of this answer because I think it touches upon something that we should try to dispel, which is that education is something that we do during set periods of our lives, right? And then just like, okay, we, we, we've collected it all the water, now it's time to go, right? Instead yes. of this continuous process where we can better ourselves. And as you're saying, UIS has the tools. Yeah. Awesome for however an individual of whatever age experience wants to do that.
1: Absolutely, I think that's so critical that everyone realize that learning is a lifelong endeavor and that the more that we can learn, the more more we can give back to our own society and to the community. One of our areas is our continuing and professional education program. It is a non-credit. It is for individuals to really focus on a particular skill set, something that they want to learn something that they need to learn. I don't know if you're aware, Tramp, but University of Illinois at Springfield is a leader in online education, and we have received, oh in excess of 20 national awards over the years. We've had online learning since the late 1990s, so about 25, 26, 27 years. A forerunner. A forerunner. We absolutely were. And we do a wonderful little program in helping other K-12 or higher ed or business individuals who need to know how to put content and curricula online appropriately to help people learn. We help them know how to do that through our it's called ION E Professional program. So Illinois Online Network and it provides a series of 8-week courses non-credit in helping people understand more about the pedagogy of online learning and how online learning can be so effective. Now, since the pandemic, a lot of people have jumped into that space. But as I said, UIS has been doing this for 25 years. We have helped in excess of 300 institutions with their own understanding of online learning and helping to do professional development for faculty and teachers. I'm really proud of what we've done in the online space. It is such a great opportunity for us to expand our outreach, even past the borders of Thangamon County, Central Illinois. And we, in fact, this semester we have, we're serving 53 countries with students and we have over 44 states. Uh, who are students at UIS?
0: It's a testament to the hard work and to the dedication. Let's talk with Trent R. Nelson. We're here with Dr. Vicki Cook of University of Illinois Springfield. Plato said that education has to be as free as the individual receiving it and that we cannot force people to learn things. That's they must right. take it naturally, right? And so creating that environment yes. in which people can feel incentivized and happy and full of ambition and volition to learn
1: yes.
0: is, is again, a testament to the hard work that you and the, all of your staff and colleagues do at the college. And we thank you so much for it.
1: Well, thank you, Trent. I really am proud of our faculty and staff at UIS. One area that you might find interesting under the new, kind of the new trend in artificial intelligence, right? So the wave of AI and what that means. And we have some wonderful faculty and staff who are doing some groundbreaking work in that area. But one I'll I'll mention to you is it happened this summer, so it's already over. But we had a junior high camp for four kids in junior high to come in and work with one of our computer science faculty to create their own electric vehicles using AI. And so each child built an electric vehicle at the end of their time with the faculty member and then got to race it across the quad. But it was so much fun to watch them learn to use AI and understand what AI would do and what AI won't do. And so there's a lot of hype around AI and there's so much for us yet to learn and to do And I think it's great that even though we are a university and we're focused on higher education and typically high school graduates and beyond, we have this great opportunity in the summer to really offer something fun like this for junior high kids to take advantage of. And we hope to repeat that next summer. We have um, some kids programming that we do through the summer, and they're usually pretty small classes. We like to keep them small so that the kids get a lot of attention and have a lot of fun doing whatever the component of the program is. But this electric vehicle camp was just just amazing.
0: It sounds like it was electric, pardon the pun. Uh, (laughs) Yes, indeed. (laughs) But it's you know, it sounds invigorating and to be around the youth is to be is to remember what being a youth is like.
1: Absolutely. That
0: is that is really fantastic stuff. It it actually again the conversation is flowing so fluently. It, it touches on something that I had a discussion with uh with with a teacher who's from New York for another one of our programs. We're speaking about education and we had fallen onto the subject of tracking. Oh. And. And he mentioned that it sticks in my mind because he's a high school teacher. And so he was saying that by the time he gets to teach many of the children, the die has already been cast regarding if they are excited about education or or not, right? And so when you speak about bringing the children in, it's like perfect. Yeah, like we have to show them that learning is fun. That's right. As soon as possible, because if we don't, they'll learn that learning is not fun. Of course, that leads to a whole, whole mess of other issues that we have to try to figure out then.
1: It does. And you know, we don't all learn the same way. Some of us learn better by actually doing something, moving, being kinesthetic in our approaches. Others of us learn better by listening and then doing it on our own. And others learn best by reading. And so you have different views on how we take in information and then what that means for us. But what is most important is that we learn best when we're interested in the topic, when we're having fun, when our our curiosity has been engaged. Maybe it's a topic that we never thought we'd be interested in, but something about the way it's presented creates us to have a curious approach to that topic. So for adults, the term is called hudagogy. And so it builds on the whole idea of pedagogy, of course. But hudagogy is all about using devices as we all pull out our cell phones or our tablets and being curious about something we've read or learned. So think about Google. Everybody Googles something, right? And they're looking for something they're curious about or information they need. That practice is pedagogical heudagog- approaches. And so when we think about engaging students, whether, whether they're junior high or whether they're a graduate student returning so that they can be effective in their workplace, we really need to think about how do we engage them in curiosity? How do we make them more curious about the topics that they'll be learning? And sometimes that's easy, and sometimes it's not. And so, you know, you can think about whatever the topic was when you went to school that you really dislike, and... Think about that for a minute. How could your teachers have engaged you more effectively to be curious about that topic?
0: I was a musician and a historian and a writer. I was not as math and science didn't, they didn't make as much natural sense as those others did. And then I was about 20 years old and I saw this Richard Feynman move video from the 70s the early 80s, late 70s that he did. And it's like something to the effect of like power of learning. Uh And he just sits there and explains like math and science Mm -hmm. in the way that like my heroes explain like history and English and language and etymology and foreign policy, right? All the things that I'm really interested in. And I remember watching a couple of those videos and coming away and thinking to myself, like, am I a physicist that just (laughs) didn't have a good teacher? You know, like just didn't have a good experience in in that realm? And so I think you're a thousand percent correct. The magic of being in the right setting, the right institution with the right educator, the right. right. And it goes even a step further. I think I I tell people often the point of our general education in so many ways, the the most macro of all the ways, is that you are supposed to come away from these years knowing what you just said. Right. How do I learn best? Yes. Right. Do I learn best listening? Do I learn best reading? Do I learn best doing? And then looking to apply that moving forward.
1: Absolutely. Although I'm really surprised that one of your math teachers didn't pick up on your musical ability because there is such a connection between music and math. And so anytime a student struggles with math, but they are musically inclined, it usually is just a matter of connecting that piece for them. So I am delighted that at some point in your life, you had that connecting opportunity.
0: Absolutely. And to that point, E- ego Trent <laughs> you uh, I uh, if I could go back in time I'd be an etymologist would you because I don't think there's anything more interesting in the world than how language is basically shared throughout the entire world in so many ways.
1: Well, and, you know, uh, we have a a professor at UIS. He teaches in the chemistry area, and he teaches chemistry as language. So it is amazing to watch once he applies language learning principles to understanding chemistry. It is amazing to see students get it. You know, they automatically, it's like, oh, I understand. So he had been, he worked with one of our centers as a fellow and did some research in the area of second language acquisition and then applied that to chemistry and then found a partner in Canada, actually, um, who teaches at a university there who was also interested in the same type of pedagogical approach. And so they've worked together and really put together a wonderful opportunity for students to learn chemistry through language acquisition.
0: Let's talk. With Trent R. Nelson We're here with Dr. Vicky Cook of University of Illinois Springfield, as as one of my heroes uh, would say, Professor uh, William Durant, all philosophy begins as art and ends as science.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. Oh, perfect. That is great.
0: Yeah, it's yes. uh, but that's just mind blowing. Because, again, we have this perception from the outside of academia that within the halls, it's all very strict and has to be rigid and there's no yes. fun. And and we, we hear from you, Dr. Cook, just the exploration that the mind can, can really run around and, and find through Absolutely. education, through UIS.
1: Absolutely. So University of Illinois Springfield is a member of the University of Illinois system. And uh, we love our sister institutions, the University of Illinois at Urbana-Sham. Campaign and the University of Illinois at Chicago. They have very unique components to their universities, as does UIS. So at UIS, we really have the opportunity to focus on teaching and learning. We have a lot of faculty who are doing teaching demonstrations, teaching exploration, looking at discovery research in thinking about the scholarship of teaching and learning. They're such great colleagues. We also have the opportunity, because we are a regional public University in the system. The other two are are not regional publics. So we are, and so we focus a lot of our attention on our community, on the community needs. We focus a lot of our attention, as you said earlier, kind of the backyard piece, how we connect with the uh, the city of Springfield, Sangamon County, Central Illinois. Really thinking about that Southern Illinois component, and so how do we connect with the individuals who are looking for um higher education opportunities but closer to home and what that looks like. I think one of the things that UIS is is very happy about is that we are launching our innovation center in downtown Springfield. And we're just so delighted to do that. And uh, Rob Kerr, who is one of my colleagues, will be leading that endeavor. And Rob and his staff will be working on working with business and industry leaders, working with the medical community and others in the Springfield. Field in Sangamon County area. We have a couple of individuals who'll be on a panel very shortly talking about AI in both urban and rural areas and how that's going to impact healthcare and how it's going to impact other industries and what can UIS do to help those industries meet the needs that they need for the future. So we're really excited about the Innovation Center and what that's going to look like and what that will do for our central Illinois region in the future
0: absolutely and again creating that accessibility for the community yes. w- whether it be by the innovation center whether it be through any of the partnerships that you guys get into with with the in the healthcare world yes. in in the mechanic world I mean I know you guys have your hands all over the place the new exhibition that's coming out it, you know the the one in which we can really get to explore each other through communication yes. uh, yeah. public space I believe again, these are important ideas. These are important opportunities for the community. Absolutely. And would you, would you tell our listeners why they should think to themselves, you know what, maybe it's not too late to, to play viola. Absolutely. Maybe it's not too late to to learn trigonometry. Maybe it's not too late to get an advanced agricultural degree or something else that we already do, but we we want to do it better.
1: Absolutely. So, you know, the University of Illinois was actually founded on Sangamon State University, which was a senior-level institution. So that means that there were only juniors and seniors at the baccalaureate level and graduate programs. So we have really built that out with the University of Illinois Springfield and now we have freshman and sophomore programs so sure we we do invite students to come to us from high schools and we're really happy when we have those younger students on campus but our real sweet spot is transfer students, students who have some college from their local community college, whether that's Lincoln Land or whether that's Lakeland or whether it's Heartland, Lewis and Clark. We are have a lot of, of opportunities for agreements with with those community colleges that helps the the transfer process to be smoother. And then we have a lot of graduate programs, and those graduate programs certainly help returning adults. We also have a really interesting little program. It's called the LIS, Liberal Integrated Studies, and it allows someone who needs a bachelor's degree but not in a particular field of study. They'd like to kind of create their own. So maybe they want to include a musical instrument and a little math, and maybe they want to do a little business and all of that put together. They can work with an advisor and create a study uh, within the LIS program. And so, yeah, it's just such a great program for adults who may have some college or maybe they don't and they just want to embark in this opportunity.
0: As an autodidact, that warms my heart (laughs) because it says to me that we can can say where we want to go. We can say where we want to learn. Yes. What we would like, what we're really interested in.
1: Exactly.
0: Because isn't that the whole point of, of going is to study, as you noted, the things that we really have a passion, of, really interested in, we really want to get better in. And it's so, you remember back to when you were younger and there were always peers that were frustrated about being in a certain class that they felt had nothing to do with what they wanted to do.
1: Yes.
0: And, you know, that that can be discouraging.
1: It can be. And there are requirements, of course, and we have to meet the state requirements for graduation. And so it's not feasible to say that you'll never take a class that you really didn't want to. But but overall, there are some wonderful opportunities to think about taking the the majority of the classes that you are really interested in.
0: Absolutely. And to that point, there's so many times in which we start something that maybe we are not entirely enthused about, right? And then all of a sudden we get into it and we're like, Oh, okay, cool. Like Absolutely. this is not this is not bad. This is actually interesting. Like I just wasn't I just wasn't perceiving it in the right way at the moment.
1: Well, and it may be that you had a bad experience in a high school class, and now all of a sudden you you've matured. Maybe the topic is being introduced differently, and all of a sudden you know a light bulb goes off, and you think, "Wow, this this is really helpful. This is something I'm really interested in." But we all change our levels of interest as we mature and as life happens. And so I think that um, being open to that also is one of those opportunities for people in the area to think, you know, I was never interested in writing when I was in high school. Didn't like to write. Now all of a sudden writing seems really interesting to me. Maybe I could take a writing class and see if I can hone some of those skills and maybe that would be of interest to me now. And so there are a lot of different opportunities that, that individuals can think about outside the box.
0: Vice Chancellor Dr. Vicki Cook, we are so happy that you were able to come down and speak with us today.
1: Well, thank you for the invitation. I really enjoyed it, Trent.
0: Pleasure is all ours. We look forward to having you back for another great discussion. Let's talk with Trent R. Nelson. Please hope that the rest of the day is as wonderful as the start of it.
1: Thank you so much.